Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you want to open your Bible, we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. The title of this sermon is, Jesus is Our Peace. Here is the first half of this two-part study. And we'll look at it simply in two parts. In verses 14 and uh, through 16, He Himself is our peace. And then finally in, uh, in verses 17 through 18, He preached peace. He preached peace. So last week we spent some time talking about what it is to be circumcised and uncircumcision. And the reason why we did that is because there was the term used of uncircum, uh, uncircumcision that was used. And it was used as a derogatory term that was used for the Gentiles. And, and, and it was done in a way that was to offend them. And we have to remember as we go back and, and talk about the, the book of Ephesians that Paul wrote, that book is written uh, to the church of Ephesus. There were two types of, uh, of people that were coming to faith. You had the, the Jews that were extremely legalistic and wanted you to, if you were going to be a follower of Christ, you needed to adhere to the dietary laws, the Sabbath, and all those things. And then you had the Gentiles who were coming to faith. And they were practicing black magic. They were practicing, they had witchcraft books. They would cast out and call out on, on demons. And so it's funny, none of, nothing's changed, right? That stuff is all on TikTok now. We talked about that. They're teaching kids how to do that now. And, and so... But as they're coming to faith, they started burning up their books. They started their iron little false gods. They started throwing them in the fire. And now you have these two polarizing groups that hate each other coming to faith and coming into the church. And we're going to find out that that peace that we're talking about comes through Jesus Christ. And it's Christ that does the work in each person. It's, it's an understanding that if, if you've been in church long enough, you've been in church long enough to be hurt. Why? We ask that question all the time. It's because you're imperfect, and so am I. We still have sin. We still struggle. Let me ask you this. Do you have a perfect marriage? Do you not have division in your marriage at times? Do you not have division within your family? Is there certain family members that don't come for Thanksgiving? No, 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 no. If they're going, I'm not going. Right? Do you have division at your job? Now, if you work for yourself, that's a whole other issue. (laughs) (laughs) But you see how we have that everywhere we go. There is no peace except in Jesus Christ. And so what happens is sometimes we bring those things into the church and we end up hurting somebody. 
But it's Christ that can bring peace. It's Christ that can bring healing. Um, and, and so that's why those things happen. But what we want to look at today is we want to make sure we understand that, that you know, we, we live in a nation. If you think about it, just think about the Civil War. We had brothers versus brothers, families within families that were north and south that were killing each other. Just think about the Civil War of 2020-21. You had the Civil War of the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, the Civil War of the left and the right, and all that division filters into the, our lives, filters into the church. I, I've, I know people that don't, are not talking to family members because of it. It's sad. It's sad. But the reality of it is, is where our peace comes, we are to be peacemakers. And you're going to see this. And I, I tell you, every time you see something repeated in Scripture, because remember it told us last week to bring to remembrance. When you see something repeated in Scripture, you need to pay attention. Four times in these four verses, you're going to see the word peace. And so make sure you pay attention to that as we look at today's Scripture. So our first point is he himself is our peace. And it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, he says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now we have a, the, the word for there right before it. And it says, For he himself is our peace, talking about Jesus Christ. But what is he talking about prior to that? Because the word for is there to introduce uh, what the previous statement was talking about. And it's very important when you understand and you're looking at the context of Scripture is to take the context of Scripture together. And so we see in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11, this is where that, that 4 actually is going back to this statement. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision, but what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And that's where you see, for he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. It's Christ himself. And, and our, our peace is, is initially, if you're a follower of Christ, you have peace with who? God. You had no peace with God prior to this. That's why when we look through Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1-10, that's when it spoke about not having that peace. It spoke about that you live for the prince and the power of the air of the world. You live for, 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 the, uh, for the prince and the power of the air of the world, which is Satan. We are all sinners. And if you're not for God, you're on the other team. There is no on the fence. Because the fence is owned by the devil. I told you all that many a times. You're either for him or you're not. And we have to remember that. But we find our peace in Christ. And Christ gives us peace with God. But I want you to think about this. Where, what would be peace for you? What, would you? what would you define your peace today? Would it be peace because the bills are paid? Peace because the car is fixed? Peace because the marriage is in a good place. Peace because maybe the family's all getting together and getting along right now. See, what we look for is we look for peace that is stress-free. We're looking for worldly peace. And biblical peace is different from that. To understand, like when we look at the Scripture, remember I told you all, this is when you view the world, 
This is how you look at the world, through the lens of God's word. So biblically, what is peace? You have peace with God. That's the main thing. The, the understanding is that you're not going to, we, we have seen, unfortunately, you know, during the 80s, uh, the, the preaching of health, wealth, and prosperity. And, and that's the wrong, that's worldly peace that they were preaching. But Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, Paul talks about this. He says, for, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. You mean I have to suffer? Yeah, you do. We're going to go through suffering, but God is going to use it for his glory. And he's going to use it to grow you. You know, I came into the church seeking peace. When I first, I mean, in 2009, I, well, actually 2008, right before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving, me and the wife were not getting along. She left. I didn't know God. I didn't grow in a house that knew God. My grandparents never talked about God, ever. Their Sundays were spent with Pap's Blue Ribbon and eating boiled shrimp in Charleston, South Carolina. That's what they did. That was their God. And so I came to church trying to seek peace in our marriage and didn't find it. Didn't find it. I came looking for worldly peace. And it wasn't until I actually surrendered my life to Christ that I found peace. I had peace with God. Now, eventually, through time, God worked on the marriage. God worked on the family. And then there became peace. But can I tell you something? Your marriage is not going to be peaceful all the time. And neither is your family. There are going to be moments where you go through peaks and valleys. And how you handle it in Christ is the most important thing. Are you going to actually point that person or point yourself to Christ when those things happen? Because I can tell you, this man, when he sticks both feet in the mud and plants face first and his wife is going, here we go again. I have to get up and first thing I need to do is I need to seek Christ. So you're going, wait a minute, Pastor, you're not supposed to be talking about that stuff. You're supposed to have a perfect marriage. There is no such thing as a perfect marriage. You are not married to the perfect person. You do not have perfect kids. Even though you think you have perfect grandkids, you don't. They're all, we're all sinners. We'll get to a place in eternity where we won't have to deal with that stuff no more. And that's that question that you have to ask yourself is, will you meet me in heaven? Because I know where I'm going. And I know that's where I'll have peace. My peace that I have now is found in Jesus Christ. My peace that I have now is that I have peace with God. My peace that I have now is that even though I'm a sinner, I can go to my Savior. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Prince of Peace. And that's the Messiah's, one of the Messiah's titles, is he's the Prince of Peace. There is no leader that can bring you true peace in this world. And even the Antichrist will bring a false peace before he demands to be worshipped. It's only Jesus Christ that will bring peace into this world. In John 16, verses 33, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace in the world. You, have, uh, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You need to remember that. When you're watching the news or things are stressing you out, you see what happened in Allen, Texas, 
And, and just the sadness of, of nine people shot down yesterday. I mean, a gunman that comes in fully tactical armor. And thank God there was one, one cop that was off duty that ran towards it and shot the guy. Because there would have been many more people killed. And, and you know, when I, when I think of men, that's what men are. You run towards the danger. They're saying you look more manly. I saw an article this morning. You would look more manly if you wear makeup. Don't do that. I mean, they are trying everything they can do to demasculize the men. Be men. Lead your families. Be men. Run towards the danger. I had somebody beat on my door. The I mean, I thought the cops were coming. They were like, Friday night. I'm in bed. Snake in the front yard. Somebody was walking. And they were like, man, there's a snake right up by your door. Okay, where at? They lost. They forgot to keep their eye on the snake. <laughs> it was gone. <laughs> so we end up, I was like, get my, get my shovel, get my bat. And so we end up finding it and killing it. But my wife was like, where are the men at? Like, where are the other men at? It was just me and Matt. And Matt freaked out on me. I said, don't freak out, son. You're going to have to do this one day. All right? It's like, but this guy, I said, doesn't matter. It's got to be killed. I said, it's in this lady's yard who's outside scared to death now. I said, we need to take care of it. And so we did. That's, that's what it is. But it's been that kind of a week. It's been one thing after another. And let me tell you something. When you're teaching on peace, you have no peace that week. You have to keep running to that cross. Because everything that I teach, I go through. That's the joy of being a pastor. And man, when you're looking at, man, I, I'm, I'm scared to touch the book of Job. <laughs> but we'll get to it. We will get to it. So we see, for he himself is our peace who has made, made both one. And so Christ is our mediator between Jew and Gentile is what that means. And so the fact that, that our peace uh, does not mean that peace automatically happens. It takes time. Look at Paul and Barnabas. In Acts chapter 15, verses 37 through 41. I want you to make sure you get this. Because sometimes peace can't happen. It just doesn't happen. And we see a sharp disagreement that happens between two Christian men. Two followers of God. In verse 15, verse 37, it says, Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. Now, uh, verse 38 says, But Paul insisted that they should not take uh, with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And then contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. So they have this sharp disagreement. And we find out that our peace is, is in Christ and uh, who has made us both one. And we see even in this moment, Paul is like, I'm not taking John Mark. He freaked out on me. He decided he's, I, this ain't the mission field I want to be on. I'm out. And, and Paul's like, I'm not going through that again. And so him and Barnabas have sharp disagreement. They go separate directions. Sometimes having peace is going separate directions. We don't always want that. But do you understand that Paul was used in a mighty way, but so was Barnabas. They both were used. 
Now, one of the things we don't read in the Bible is we don't see Barnabas' people complaining about what Paul did, and we don't see Paul's people complaining about what Barnabas' people did. They just went on about their mission. And they, that's where they had their peace, through that sharp disagreement. And we know in Paul, Paul addresses, and I'm not sure if it's addressing this one thing, but it's, it's, he's talking about peace in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It says, if it is possible, you need to make sure you highlight that. If it is possible, there may be one party that doesn't want peace. You may want it, you may have it, but the other party doesn't. What do you do? If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible. And so many will misinterpret that, and, and they'll think that, that it actually is saying as far as it depends on you, that is, on your side of the relationship, live at peace. Do everything that you can to get along with the people. If they, if they should harbor a grudge, that's on them. No. Paul goes on in Romans 14, verse 19. He, we, we find out there, he says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may, may edify another. So Christians, we are to... Look to be able to have peace with each other. And the older Christian, and I don't like using that term, because I've met a lot of older Christians that are babies in Christ. And they need to go back to the faith that they first started. They get used to their faith, and they get lazy in it. And they think they know everything. And God has called you, Billy Graham used to say, you need to be fat. Now, America is fat. Faithful, available, teachable. That's what he's talking about. That's what we're supposed to be as Christians. Faithful, available, teachable. You're always supposed to be teachable, no matter what your age is. You don't have it all figured out. And whatever the situation is, God is trying to grow you in that situation, no matter how hard it is. So what you're supposed to do as that Christian that has the faith of a stronger believer, you're supposed to help the one that has the weaker faith. And do it in a loving way because you want to see them grow. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, we find out what Barnabas' work did. In 2 Timothy 4, 11, it says, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. You find out that Paul has worked it out with Mark. Sometimes time takes that. Sometimes time takes that because God needs to soften hearts, right? And, and, and that's what happens. And so one of the marks of a, a, somebody who's truly following Christ is that we are to pursue peace with each other. And so Christ is the peace between the Jews and the Gentile. And so it says that he has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now, there used to be a wall in the temple where the Jews, if they passed it, they would be stoned to death. And, and Christ is going to dissolve that wall. Christ is the eradicator of all barriers between Jew and Gentile. And Christ is the mediator of Jew and Gentile. But he, is, he is going to abolish. And having said that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. So he's saying these two groups that have prejudice, that have hate towards each other, these two groups... Christ will have to draw together in peace. Now, I want you to think about this just for a second. And this is for you personally. 
Is there somebody, whether it's a ethnicity or age group, or, or maybe it's their sexual preference, that you have hate or prejudice towards? Because if you do, you and, you and God got some work to do. Okay? I, at the end of the day, if they were to walk through that door, would they be loved? Because it's the Word of God that's going to transform them. We don't condone the stuff, but it's the Word of God that transforms them. We're not participating in the stuff, but it's God's Word that transformed them. They're being told that Christians hate them. And we don't. We don't. But there are people that are struggling. I mean, they struggle with, with these different things. And to remember that Paul is writing this to the church of Ephesus. And it was an epistle that was passed around to all the churches. So it's a church written to the church here in Divine. So everyone, whether it's age, ethnicity, doesn't matter. They need to be welcomed here. It doesn't matter. I told you all last week, this church should look like H-E-B or Walmart. You have all different ages, all different ethnicities, all different beliefs. You have some people that may have followed a, 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 false, a false teaching or a false cult, and they come into the church. And it's going to take time for Christ to work and tear down those walls. And we need to be patient and be loving. But also, with love and truth, share the gospel. If they're doing something that's not right, then we need to say something. Okay? Because as a mature Christian, you need to be able to say, hey, look, I, I love you, but you can't do that. <laughs> you know? Because it says it here in Scripture. We have to understand that Christ is our peace. And it's because, because we're drawn together by the blood of Christ. And what happens is sometimes we'll have followers can't find peace, so they, they'll come to church thinking, well, I'll find peace in the church. And they should find peace in the church. It should be a place of peace. It shouldn't be a place where chaos and, 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 and stuff ensue and it looks no different than the world. We're all called to be one body. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 26 and 27, it says, if, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are, are, are the body of Christ and members individually. So why do we celebrate a marriage? Because we're all part of it. We get to do that. Praise God. In 2 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, Farewell, brethren, fare, uh, finally, fare, brethren, farewell. Be, become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. God has saved you and placed you here for a particular reason. God's going to use you while you're here. He wants to use each one of us. I've told y'all, we've been so blessed. And, and just FYI, the video is on under events under calvarydivine.org of the high school. So we got to go share the gospel at the school, at the high school. And we're going to do that again in the fall. But we're hitting Lytle again. We were at Lytle, but we didn't get to do We only got to meet with the Christian club. We had, we, we, we were told there were 30 kids. We had 67 kids. We had kids in the hallway, and they were, they were sharing the, the, the profession of faith, the salvation. And you could hear them in the hallway saying the prayer. Then we came to Divine, and we had an open assembly. As long as it's an open assembly, you can share the gospel. We had the Gideons there. 
couple of the pastors from the area, all of us coming together to, to do this because the Youth Alive group was hosting it. We had the whosoever's there, and they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. And man, praise God, God used it. It was all the work of the Lord. And we had young people come to faith. God has called us. You go, well, you're a tiny church. I don't believe in that. I believe God can do more with, with, with hearts that are willing to, to step out in faith and do the will of God. And, and we do that with our time, our talent, our treasure. But we're not here to stay within the four walls of the church. I want you impacting the community. Because it's the community that needs Christ. And, and that's where we, we get wrapped up. Man, our, our love comes from loving. Uh, that agape love is sacrificial love. It's actually caring about others and loving others, no matter what state they're in. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 15, having abolished his, in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in the or, in ordinance, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So what is the law and uh, the ordinances? So he's talking about the Old Testament here. And he's also talking about the Ten Commandments. And we know that Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. To fulfill it. He kept it. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 